Hello and welcome to FinTech Impact. I'm your host, Jason Prayer. Today on the show, I have Adrian Johnston, co-founder and president of Practify. Practify is an advisor-centric CRM that was developed on the Salesforce platform, but is not Salesforce itself, and specifically has made a name for itself in terms of leveraging that advantage to basically build better automations, workflows, and, and tools for advisors. And with that, here's my interview with Adrian. Adrian, thanks for taking the time today. Oh, absolute pleasure, Jason. I'm excited to, uh, to get the chance to have a chat. Yes, my pleasure. So Adrian Johnston of uh, Practify, tell us about Practify. Yeah, so uh, Practify is, I guess we use the term performance optimization platform. So everything from CRM, heavy workflow automation, deep insights and analytics power, but built specifically for advisors. We use Salesforce as a chassis, but we're actually a product sitting on top, none of that nasty overlay stuff. Yep. So that's an important distinction there. So for people who are not aware, Salesforce overlay is when you basically buy Salesforce, but then you also through a reseller. But really what they're doing is someone's put over top of the normal Salesforce interaction, all the fields, all the interactions, everything you would want. But you've gone deeper than that. And instead of basically doing that, you have the entire Salesforce backend system, which you can actually build on top of. And you built your own custom CRM basically on top of that. So it's kind of like it's kind of like, for lack of a better term, you know, how people build uh, entire companies on AWS. It's just one level higher. That's right. Yeah. So what we've done is said, well, what's the most scalable, most powerful platform available? And how to, and we, we identify that as Salesforce, and, and it's fantastic. But we understand that for most firms, particularly advice firms, it's a huge lift to then take that platform, bring in consultants, Maybe start with an overlay that accelerates your bit of the journey that you've got to be built to do. So what we did was took that and we built a whole product on top. So we use the best parts of the Salesforce ecosystem. We can connect out into the app exchange, do those sorts of good things. But actually, we've taken away the need for that big build entirely uh, by building our own product. And as someone who basically has gone down that journey for years, I know the, the toll it takes, but it's also, I mean, it's, 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 it's productive, it's great, but having something purpose-built versus generic from day one is a big advantage for anyone starting out from day one. Excellent. So, okay, talk to me about the history of the company. How did Practify come to be? Yeah, so we, uh, you know, as, uh, as you can hear, I'm Australian. So we started, uh, we started a long way away down in the most regulated market in the world, and we we really looked at the fact that advisors were typically using pretty outmoded technology. So where they had a CRM, they were often kind of pretty legacy or they were struggling with big uh, generic platforms and trying to work their way through that. But we also understood that most of the tools that were available really only thought about the advisor. They didn't think about the other roles in the organization and what was needed. A lot of the CRM offerings were a little more than the Rolodex. And so we really kind of came at it and said, well, how do you run the business? And this is why we call ourselves a performance optimization platform. Is when you look at your an advice firm, how do you run that end to end? How do you take that and look at every process that you need to happen? Compliance, back office finance, operations, client-facing uh, advice. How do you bring the power to all of those different roles? And so we really just set about solving for that problem. And, uh, you know, it's been, it's been quite a journey along the way. And, of course, you know, the advantage of working with a product provider like us is that the industry keeps changing uh, and we keep updating the, the product. You know, we, we passionately pursue innovation, whereas, uh, of course, if you go build it yourself, unfortunately, as you've done uh, there, Jason, you have to keep paying to build it. 
unfortunately, yes, but yeah. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, there's there's an advantage to having it specifically the way you want, but at the same time, there is a burden, right? And a burden that most people are not going to want to undertake. Yeah. Yeah. Look, we we don't stop you from that uh, that customization and configuration journey. You can do that on Practify just as you can do it with Salesforce. You're just starting from a vastly more advanced position. Hmm. Absolutely. Okay. So you decided to do this. You saw that opportunity. Talk to me about what the benefits of the, of the product are beyond CRM. I mean, CRM, as we know, you know, people will come to me all the time and say, oh, what's the best CRM for me to use? And my response is, look, Depends on the function. If you're going to use as a Rolodex, use the cheapest thing you can find because, frankly, it's not worth paying big money for anything that's more than a Rolodex. If you're going to actually try to automate, digitize, and basically run your practice through this software, then you have to start looking at what the best fit is. So talk to me about what you bring to the table that is beyond a digital Rolodex. Yeah, so so much. When you think of a digital Rolodex or, or kind of the base Salesforce and Dynamics platforms, it's really a very simplistic, I've got a contact, as someone who uh, who maybe rolls up into a household, not even every system does that. Whereas Practify is designed to cater for a, a multifamily office with complex relationship trees, many-to-many kind of structures within there, as well as managing all of your other relationships, maybe the asset managers that you work with. Maybe you've got a strong network of referrers in a related firm, uh, perhaps an accounting arm to your business or a retirement arm. So we handle all of those elements. Of course, we bring a big industry data model. So whether you're looking at financial assets that people may have or insurances or retirement products, all of that richness and data is able to be fed in. And it all comes in through API, through the integration suites that we have today, and that we're continually expanding. But getting all that information is, is one thing, but we also want to be able to make that information actionable and we want to deliver insight. So the system is designed to provide you answers to questions you're not yet thinking. Who do I need to call? What do I need to call them about? What might I have missed from a compliance perspective? And serve that information up to the right person at the right time just as we're also taking that and putting it through, say, our, our Propel product, which is looking at that from a much deeper analytics over time perspective. What's the time series? How's my business grown? Who are my most profitable clients? Where am I finding uh, slowness in my workflow process that I can look to to drive more efficiency? And then you know, we work with a lot of firms. They're very acquisitive. So how do I quickly and easily onboard that new firm into mine? How do I land them? teach them, give them that embedded knowledge that comes with uh, with a well-built system so that they're up and running really quickly. Excellent. So again, you know, it's funny because you're speaking exactly to what I was saying before, the advantages of being purpose-built around one industry, right? You talked about how, whereas Salesforce has to build something generic that is, that is not specific to one vertical, they can have vertical overlays, sure, but you're not purposely designing a contact from day one to be a family member or a household or a supplier or a center of influence and all this other stuff. And when you can develop those, not more than just a template, but an actual object specifically surrounding the needs of that specific type of relationship, it's more powerful than trying to bolt that on later. That's right. And, and you know, when we when we think about the vertical offerings of large providers, you know, if we think about, uh, say, Financial Services Cloud, the kind of the, the secrets in the name it's for all of financial services, whether you're a bank or you're an advisor. And the last time I looked, the needs of an advisor versus the needs of a retail banker were pretty different. You know, Practify is not trying to, to be the solution to the retail banker. It's a solution to, to the, the wealth, to the financial intermediaries. 
Yeah. For those of you who are the, the chime uh, in the background, that was me flipping around the Practify website and having their autoplay start on me. <laughs> <laughs> So you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, you're hitting upon my frustrations with it, but it's it's you know, it's still a great platform. Okay, so you you built that, uh, but you've also built out a number of platforms. So there's the core platform, which I'm mm-hmm. going to mute this one too. There's the core platform, which basically is the basic stuff, right? The fundamental stuff that is valuable to an advisor. So who am I dealing with? What do they own? Who are they connected to? What are my workflows? I mean, like, first off, how much of that, I mean, I, I know that the objects are out of the box. Talk to me about the workflow piece, because that's a big piece. How much of that is out of the box versus you have to design it yourself? Yeah, so we've we've refined, I think there's 25 or 27 kind of standard workflows that just ship out of the box. And we've refined those and continue to refine those with our clients. You know, what do you, how does this work? What does that look like? But it's also a, a fairly point-and-click workflow engine. So unlike needing a developer to go and build flows in Salesforce, what you've got here is something where you can actually take what's their standard, you can add to it, you can clone it and use it as a template and, and build out uh, your own if you want to do that as well. But we've extended that to think, well, like workflow is great. Moving, telling someone they need to do something along the way is is one thing. But what we've done is actually embed things like the data capture and data transfer within the workflow itself. So as you're as you're completing a step and so you're gathering uh, information about uh, to move money and you capture that in step one and step two is done by someone else, you don't want to tell them to go somewhere and find the information. So we embed that into the workflow as it makes its way through its journey. That way, when it gets to a compliance check, they can see the information in the same place as they're doing it. So there's a, there's a couple of dozen of those workflows there, and we're always adding to them. Absolutely. I mean, there's a, I mean, I'm sure you're getting most of that from feedback from actual users, right? You probably have a couple of power users consult on, and they're coming to you with these problems. How customizable are they? Once they're, once they're actually designed, can I go in and tinker with what gets put into that workflow or what data gets done? Absolutely, 100%. So uh, you can tinker with what's there, or as, as I uh, mentioned, you can clone it and, and blow it apart and add and move around, simplify, expand, change the way that roles work. A lot of our workflow power, not only is the, the actual engine itself powerful, but the way tasks are assigned uh, mm. within a process is, is very powerful because the, the system is built around the concept of a servicing team who works with the household or the client and so if, if you've got someone who uh, leaves the organization, those tasks are assigned to them are assigned by their role and the client. So if someone else comes in and takes that role, all that workflow continues to work. You haven't got to worry about orphan tasks and how do you move them and what does that look like? The work moves with you. So we've looked at those challenges that happen just every day in advice firms and how do we keep that nice and simple? Absolutely. You, um, in particular, one of the things I think that I, I see you kind of standing out a little bit more from in terms of uh, compared to other advisor-specific CRM systems I've seen now out there, it's you know your your data analytics and reporting uh, looks far more kind of developed and sophisticated than what I've seen. Care to speak to that? Yeah, so we we make use, of course, uh, within the product just to the user level, the, the standard stuff that's available in Salesforce, the, the kind of reports and dashboards, but they're not very deep and insightful. So we've got away and built what we call Practify Propel, which is an entire analytics suite. And what that's giving you is just this comprehensive time series data that you can really look at across the business, whether it's at your client cohort, whether it's at, uh, at your profitability, looking at your financials, looking at tracking an acquisition over time. What did it look like? How you know? What was our vision for 
what would happen with our revenue and our client mix through this acquisition and what's come out the other end of that. So we continue to add more and more dashboards and more capability into that. But we also sell as part of that the editing suite. So firms just, you know, to your question before uh, around extensibility, someone who looks at it and says, that's a great start, but I've got this really specific need. They can extend and create their own dashboards using that same toolkit. And our team's there to help them with how, but uh, they have the freedom with uh, what they want to go and create themselves as well. Excellent. All right. But there's, uh, so they got the core platform, but then you have a bunch of add-ons, each of them having very, very powerful, I'd say, abilities here. So let's go through them. You have your Propel platform. I'm not going to click on them. Normally, I'd be clicking on them to basically open up. You're going to, these video are, video are killing me here. So talk about the Propel edition. What does the Propel edition do? So, so Propel is what we were just talking about. That's the, uh, the complex uh, analytics suite that comes with that. Promote is our marketing solution. So it allows you to hook out and run marketing campaigns using, say, a, a Salesforce marketing cloud or Marketo or mm-hmm. campaign monitor or you know whatever uh, marketing platform you, you choose to plug in MailChimp. Uh, you know, it, doesn't, it doesn't really matter. We, of course, can do quite a lot with portal solutions. We've done, uh, we tend to do those fairly bespoke, but uh, we've done them for end investor. We've done them for B2B. We have a, a huge amount of power and capability there to uh, bring together that whole user experience. Uh, something that we've we've done recently that's um, really excited the market has been our work with Microsoft. What a lot of people don't realize is that you know Salesforce and Microsoft are, are in pretty much every business where Salesforce exists, but but they don't necessarily play great together on their own. And you can understand the corporate rumblings as to why that might be, but. Where we're a little unique in that Practify is a strategic partner with Salesforce, but also a strategic partner with Microsoft. And so we've actually gone and created a very tight link between Office 365 today at an email and a calendar level, but we continue to drive down through there. So we'll we'll be doing some work to put teams inside Practify and Practify inside teams. We're going to be doing some work deeply with SharePoint uh, and working our way through that Microsoft stack so that you can genuinely have that truly integrated experience where Salesforce can feel a part of the Microsoft experience. And that'll be unique to practice that, of course. So it's, uh, yeah, Teams. For anyone who follows me on Twitter, they know it's my least favorite productivity software of all time. <laughs> I get how it's, there's, again, like anything else, you know, no one gets fired for hiring Microsoft, so it's going to be ubiquitous for quite a long time, that's for it's, sure. It's going to be there for a while. Yeah, unfortunately. Anyway. So, so, okay. And I mean, this this speaks to me, I mean, except for the last piece with, with Microsoft. I mean, you talk about the marketing, you talk about the portal tech, you talk about all that. And that, they, you know, I hear that and I, and I think to myself, okay, so this speaks to the advantage of building off the Salesforce platform, right? These are all capabilities that are the, the, the actual underlying base code for doing this sort of stuff in Salesforce exists. You can take that, you can specify around your specific needs, around this specific niche. And I mean, like, I have to say, this is probably why I think you move faster on this stuff than, than other competitors have. Completely. I mean, we get a huge advantage. And, and you know, for a lot of firms, it's, it's understanding that as Salesforce evolves as a platform, we inherit that evolution. So, so you're not losing anything. You're just gaining the fact that we've done that acceleration for you. You know, some of the other things that we have in our, our products, we have a Protect, which is a, a comprehensive encryption arrest capability that we leverage out of the Salesforce toolkit. You know, it's it's there for us to use. And so we just take it and apply more of an industry wrapper for that. So 
uh, we're able to, to move and, and to innovate very quickly. It's one of those things that people who build on the platform themselves, sometimes they overlook in the total cost of ownership. They, yes, you can have what you want yourself, but as what you want changes, you're reinvesting in building. But also as the underlying platform changes, you're forced into reinvesting in building mm. because it doesn't stand still, so you can't. Uh, and so you, you have this kind of constant investment cycle that you must go into that you just inherit as part of the release journey with Practify as a client. Absolutely an advantage. So, I mean, talk to me about the integrations piece. I mean, this is, I mean, this is another massive advantage. If you're piggybacking on the app exchange, uh, Salesforce, like how big is that at this point? It's, it's got to be. Uh, I think the it, it'd be the biggest one out there. I think there's there's a few thousand apps on there, but uh, of course, when you distill that to apps that are relevant from an industry perspective, whether that's digital signature apps or, or straight through processing apps or there's any number of them, or we make use of those. You know, we make use of the of the app that's available for Schwab. There's an Adapar app that that plugs into Practify, as well as those kind of marketing tools and and all that kind of stuff. But we also that's one type of integration that we do. But we've also gone and built very specific integrations at an industry level, and we'll continue to do that as well. Where that app process isn't necessarily the best one, but where we're you know what you really want is bi-directional APIs and you, you mm-hmm. want that kind of data flowing. And you know, sometimes people think, well, that I want to, I want to stay on Salesforce because I can build that myself. And I always say to them, it's like, again, understand understand what you're getting into there. It's a non-trivial exercise to go and build a bi-directional API integration to uh, to someone else who is then going to go and change their platform and you have to rebuild it. So we can continue. So it's always uh, it's always buyer aware on that front. Uh, whereas again, our clients have the advantage that we do that for them. So uh, we have a range of those, and again, we we continue to invest both with our existing integration partners, but also with new ones. And again, a lot of that comes from our clients. We we have a client advisory board. We have uh, a big client success structure that gathers all that information on who and what we should be building. Yeah. I mean, it's got to be easier for these integration partners. Like I'll pick on Precise FP, not pick on, but, but call them out of here, for example. Like they've got a really, really solid integration in the Salesforce, right? Mm-hmm. So one would think that, you know, you guys come along and it's like, well, we'd like to integrate with you. Well, it's that's probably 90% of the way there or pretty close to it. So it, it really is. They're, they're a great example where a Precise FP integration, they started with the Salesforce integration they already had because authentication is done. It's identical. They're they're mostly hitting account and contact, but we just have a bigger data set. So yeah. there's more points of integration available using the same method they've already built. Yeah. And as someone who just spent the week, the weekend working on a custom a custom object being in Salesforce being linked into the data center, precise FP being linked to forms, uh, it is a very powerful tool. So I would think that yeah, yeah I mean they already had the ability to just tie into the to the data model in Salesforce. So I would think for them, like I said, uh, an off the shelf integration would have been a very small project for them in comparison. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we see that a lot. We also see uh, kind of newer firms coming into the the market who look at integrating to Salesforce. And what, what they find is that they're going to go and integrate to something that they know everyone has customized. Hmm. There's very few standard Salesforce instances out there. Yeah. Whereas they know if they integrate to Practify, they get, they get an integration into the Salesforce platform, but where 90% of the instances are identical. There's a big comprehensive data model that they can predict instead of having to be very narrow in the data model that they can predict when they, they talk to a native Salesforce implementation. 
Yeah, you're right about the entire <laughs> migration. I mean, it's uh, as someone who went through a Salesforce standard to FSC migration, it's like it's surprisingly more expensive than you would think it is to move from one version of Salesforce to another. <laughs> it's uh, it, it can be a, a fraud exercise for sure. Yeah, no, but I mean, this I think in general, your your entire you speak to your entire business model speaks to the, the emergence of fin, of how it fintechs happen, right? Like originally, it was everybody was in the technology revolution was building broad solutions, then it got to narrow, but then it's kind of working back up a bit where platform solutions were developed up the channel, and then now you're developing narrow solutions that are moving quicker, faster, better because they're leveraging the massive tech advantage of giants. I mean, you know, where would the world be right now without AWS figuring out what they did? And we wouldn't have Azure. We wouldn't have Google Cloud Services. We wouldn't yeah. have all these. In, we'd, have, we'd have massive startup costs of buying all those servers, just like you would have had massive startup costs of writing that very first line of code. Yeah, it's uh, you know for us sometimes people uh, think of practice and they think, oh, you must you must hate Salesforce. You know, you guys uh, compete. It's like quite the opposite. It's it's an incredible platform. It's just too much for most firms to want to try and bite off and to understand what evolving it looks like over time. I mean, I've, I've described you, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, as a great option for, you know, there's a bunch of very simple off-the-shelf, small one to two advisor shops where there's some great softwares out there for very small, like that have been guests on this podcast that are awesome, that are excellent to just put in a credit card, get started, no problem. I think there's a little bit more complexity, not complexity, there's a little bit more power to what you do off the shelf that I think really speaks well to the mid-sized teams and that works well. And I think that's, yes. you've really kind of carved out a, a solid niche for yourself there. Yeah, you're spot on. We can be too much technology for those small guys. I think, as yeah. you said early on, if if you just need a Rolodex, just get a Rolodex. But as soon as you're a mid-sized firm, maybe you've got a few advisor teams or you've got a few different locations, all the way through to a, a large enterprise or a, you know, a division of a bank, anyone who's going to really exercise the technology, then we're a great solution because you don't lose any of the flexibility. You just gain such a strong starting position. So this is where you are currently. Talk to me about where you see yourself going with this. Uh, you know, what is it that the platform's not doing that you're working on currently you can tell me about or that you're hoping it goes to or hoping it will accomplish in the near future? So we continue to work really closely with custodial platforms and, and getting deeper integrations there. As uh, as I think everyone knows, that's that's a slow journey. We continue to push hard in, in that space. We continue to want to unite create a more unified experience between the Salesforce and Microsoft stacks because we know the Office 365 world is ubiquitous and we want to make that as, as seamless as we can. But a huge amount of what we're doing is, is looking at integrations. How do we continue to bring together that kind of genuine integrated tech stack experience that the industry has just been screaming for for years where people can actually choose the, the best for their need, safe in the knowledge that it'll integrate? Because mm -hmm. the best of breed approach was very flawed when it got into the, the world of, well, I've got 12 pieces of technology, none of them talk to each other, but each of them are separately excellent. You need to be able to get those 12 pieces of technology talking to each other and be separately excellent. Agreed. I mean, that's the challenge is that, you know, everybody, anytime someone comes to me, like, I want someone to do all this. It's like, hey, there is no one ring, okay? There is no one ring to rule them all. And if you do find some software that basically hits all these checkboxes, it's going to suck. I can, I can promise you that, right? And versus the, yeah, you can go with the best in breed and then do the integrations. But the integrations, I would say that a lot of the integrations I've seen in the in the US market particular because they don't exist in Canada, tend to be pretty superficial, right? It's like, I'm going to pull over this yeah. one piece of data or this one little thing. Like some of them can get pretty robust. Like, you know, yeah. we use the example precise FP and 
and Salesforce. A very, I'd say it's a very robust one. Could, there's some things I want to see added to it, but it works quite well. But other ones, it's just like, oh, so you're just telling me they have an account here and here's the balance. Like that's that's not actionable within, you know, and, and don't get me wrong. I don't want to have replicate the entirety of that best in class functionality within the software because like that's overkill, right? It's the 80-20 rule. I'm only going to use 20% information 80% of the time, but it's still pretty superficial where it, I think, Again, building off the, again, I'm going to keep on being a dead horse on this one, building off the platform you build off of and having that early stage advantage and all the integrations already off the shelf or integrations that people come with. It's, uh, you, I, I see I see that as a huge strategic advantage in, in your ability to move on all this. Yeah, look, we absolutely love it. And to other tech companies who are listening, uh, reach out. You know, it's, uh, we love uh, those integrations. Happy to, to, uh, to chat to those Canadian companies as well. I'm making an introduction when we're done. Um, <laughs> anyway, so Adrian, before we wrap up, there's three questions I ask everybody before we, uh, we to wrap up on a positive note. The first question is, if you had one wish for something you'd change in your company or the industry as a whole, what would it be? I would change the expectations of people within the industry around technology. I want them to understand that it's not magic. And you also add that there's a learning curve to all of them because I will yeah. never understand how some people think they're buying a toaster. Like, oh, it doesn't work. I'm just stabbing my thumb into this thing and it's not working. Well, it's like, did you learn how the software works? Do you think you're not going to need to spend some time learning it? Yeah. It just blows my mind. Uh, second one is what's been the biggest challenging at a company to where it is today? Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. I think it's, it's delivering on the promise is the biggest challenge. You know, we look at integrations as an example. We are able to move quickly. We have uh, huge flexibility and power in the platform as, you, as you've talked about a number of times. We're often integrating to people or technologies that don't. And I think the challenge is being able to meet the expectations of our clients in how quickly we can get the things that we all want to get done, done. Absolutely. And it's a challenge. Last question is, what excites you the most about what it is you're working on and keeps you fighting, getting up every morning to keep on fighting the good fight of entrepreneurship? Yeah, look, sometimes it can sound trite, but uh, I care deeply about the advisor-to-client relationship. And so the thing that gets me motivated is, is how do I make that better through technology? And uh, every day we get up and we know that there are ways to do that. So uh, that, that keeps us pretty focused on how we get in there and how we drive a better outcome. Excellent. Adrian, thank you so much for your time. I greatly appreciate it. For anyone who's looking for a advisor-based CRM and is more than just a solo operator, please take the time to look at Practify. And uh, thanks again. Awesome. Thanks so much, Jason. So that was my interview with Adrian Johnson of Practify. Hope you enjoyed that. As always, if you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever it is you get your podcasts. Until next time, take care. This podcast was brought to you by Woodgate Financial, an award-winning financial planning firm catering to high net worth individuals and their families. To learn more, go to woodgate.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, or find more episodes at jasonperera.ca.